Hello everyone, welcome back to It Was All A Stream. I am Chris Sachs here with my cousin and co-host, Neil Carroll. I am not going to bury the lead. This is possibly the weekend of the most joy I have felt <laughs> in a long, long time. Everything we watched this week was a hit for me. Yeah. It was a yes for me, dog. Uh, same here. Yeah. Same here. Uh, I think, and we will get into this, um, but this week to me was nostalgia done correctly in the best possible way. A hundred percent. So we are going to be talking about the first two episodes that dropped of Obi-Wan. And then we are also going to talk about hot in theaters, Top Gun Maverick. Danger Zone. You saw the other day and I just saw this morning. What a way to start your day. Was it not? It was a great way. It was a great way. I needed to. I needed to do it. Um, you know what's the best? What I feel like best? I'm sure I've said this before. No. Uh-huh. A nice, like I went by myself. There's a movie theater down the street from me that's like, nice. I don't know, five minute drive away. And that's just because of stoplights. You know what I mean? Like right. very close to big AMC. I could, if I wanted to, I could have taken a nice stroll if I had the time. Strollers. Put in my uh, Mm -hmm. ten o'clock, ten a.m. this morning. I go over by myself. I get there at ten twenty and just watch the last trailer. Nice. And then I'm there. I'm in. I'm watching the movie. And then I'm out. It was in and out. I was out by one thirty, and I still had the rest of the day. There is nothing. Not even one thirty. Like one. I here's I agree with you. Look, it's nice to go with someone, but to have a communal experience as like an individual in a room of a hundred other individuals yep. experiencing something for the first time, there's nothing like it. Having, uh, I, I'll give them a plug, and you know, hopefully they want to, you know, feel free to invest in the show, gang. But <laughs> the AMC Stubbs thing, a list, yeah, a list makes perfect sense. Like I go. I'm able to see three movies a week. It is worth it to me because that experience of, of seeing something in a theater all at once for the first time is tremendous. I know last week we were lamenting that like, uh, you know, movies are kind of dying out. There's no more when Harry met Sally's, there's no more yeah, like yeah. The ugly truths, but it's still, I mean, I, I, I can't poo poo the Top Gun blockbuster experience of going to a theater and seeing that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, was, I'm, I'm and with I, you. Similar situation. Me and my buddy, we went to uh, the theater in our mall. I couldn't convince him to come see Top Gun. He's like, nah, I got to go see uh, Multiverse of Madness. I got to see it. I was like, all right, I will meet you in the food court. I'm going to see Top Gun. Yep. Let's roll. And I had a weird experience because there was a fire drill. Oh, that's the worst. I know. And it was just as they that scene in the bar where he pulls the cord out from the jukebox. Yep. As he pulled the cord out, everything went black. And I was like, is this this part of it? (laughs) I was outside for 20, like 10, 15 minutes. And then we all went back in and finished the show. And that's a testament to how good it was that I I had like an intermission almost. And you waited it out. And I waited it out and I was ready. I was like, I have to see the end of this. I want to wait. I got to go. Well, let's get into, do you want to just start with, with Top Gun then? Let's just start start with with it. We're like halfway there. Play in with the boys. We might as well. Uh, Yes. Let's start because me and you both watched the first Top Gun. Yes. Before going to see Top Gun Maverick, um, just as a rewatch. I hadn't seen the, this might have only been the second time in my life that I've seen Top Gun. Indeed. The first time I watched it was like in middle school, maybe like early, early high school. Um, and I, I don't know if I was just like, I was not into it the first time I watched it. I was like, I don't understand the appeal of this. I don't understand what's happening. Um, right. This time around, 
and this will be good because we could talk about both of these movies jointly is this the this rewatch that i had was more like i understood it more right like i understood the appeal like i i think it's the ultimate good bad movie if that makes sense i know what you mean like on paper right it's an absurd movie like it's ridiculous it's a bunch of ridiculous moments pieced together to make a movie but all of those ridiculous moments are what make it a at minimum watchable movie i at minimum watchable agreed it's like it's a string of ridiculous moments but it like the second one, it relies heavily on uh, Tom Cruise charisma. Yes, very much heavily so. on uh, on Val Kilmer interesting choice making, which you know I've always said when he's standing just to the left of the uh, hero, he's always mm-hmm. make, he's always better. This is no difference. The other thing is uh, that for such a male like you know visceral we're gonna go out there and shoot things down and it's baby yep. pilots and cockpits and things like that right. um i i loved how soft the first top gun really was upon well, this watching it's, it's really yeah i i mean it's it, i mean it is without a doubt a navy recruitment film it's hollywood macho is what it's it is hollywood it's what macho. hollywood perceives to be macho when and then it turns yes. out to be like extraordinarily gay which is Extra- nothing not that nothing there's anything wrong, wrong with, with that. that not that there's anything wrong but with that. it and it's has gone yeah. through that cycle as well oh, yes. where it's been embraced by by that um and by that as community well, as, as well, well as, yeah and i'll tell you what as a person like of, with a history of staunch heterosexuality i'm in love with this film I dig yeah. it. And I was like, when I rewatched the first one, I was actually waiting for the volleyball beach scene because I'm like, this is so crazy. I can't like this is. But I was having such a good time. Um, I think the I, what I mean, like, so I was like, so Kenny Loggins. All right. Yeah. Doing his thing. You got Danger Zone. You got playing with the boys. Yep. All right. And then you got take my breath, take away. my breath away. And all repeatedly played all repeatedly played and i'm sitting there thinking like i thought this would be like you know metal like man 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 flying into the sky man yeah. man like but it was just really kind of soft rock mm-hmm. easy listening great balls of fire great balls of fire so i i just top gun has so much to offer so many different people i think everyone should be watching it yeah. Um, However, and, and it's a true ahead. it's a true love story between Goose and and Maverick. Between Goose and Maverick, uh, I That's was the love way, story. Way more interested in that than him I had, and Kelly McGillis. I had no interest in Kelly McGillis. No, did not care. Did not. Uh, the care. only relationship I was invested in in that movie was Maverick and Goose. That's it. Maverick and Goose, and then the final Iceman Tom Cruise handshake was yep. all of the gratification I needed. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was all. It took me right where I needed to go. <laughs> Leading to the second one, to Top Gun 2, yeah. Maverick. Okay? You have uh, a few interesting things going on in this movie, but it is essentially a soft remake of Top Gun. See, this is where I disagree. Okay, because, tell so- me. To me, My this was review, the Force Awakens of Top Gunniness. Okay, so Force Awakens was the first thing that came to mind, right? When I was kind of comparing. Mm. And I feel like this was really not at all a remake, which was what I loved about this movie. So okay. I loved this movie. Yes. I thought it, it was better than the first one. And I would probably reach for this one first. I... Yeah. Like this one felt more like a, and I don't want to say like this sounds worse than I mean it. Okay. It felt more like a real movie. I follow you. I like think a, I follow you. This yeah. wasn't, this didn't feel like it was a bunch of moments right. put together to create a movie. This felt like one cohesive movie. I feel like this is probably one of the 
best follow-ups to a movie that we've seen as In far as while. sequels go, especially that. considering that it's 30 plus years since the first one came out. Correct. And like my ultimate review of this is I felt like this was the perfect balance of nostalgia, meta, and new stuff. Well, all right. I How felt like this? the nostalgia Tell me nostalgia. was not overwhelming. They didn't yeah. rely on the nostalgia. And I think that's Correct. where the difference is between Force Awakens and this is Force Awakens was essentially a one-to-one remake of A New Hope. Kind of, yes. For the most part. All For of the, the story part. beats yes. are essentially the same. This gave us a whole different dynamic because well, the main the main um, right. conflict in the film is that relationship between Maverick and and uh, Rooster. Rooster, who is Goose's son. Right. And you have it. There's a lot of things that they flipped on its head where essentially like in the first one, Maverick is the guy who he'll leave his wingman behind. He's yes. the rebel. He's doing all this stuff. And then in this one, it's um, Hangman who's doing yes. it. Ooh, so it's I like an excellent job. The bad guy is the one who's doing that, not right. the main character. So like they kind of they did a lot of that where it's like we're gonna keep this element from the first one right. that was a main through line, and we're just gonna make it a B story instead. I agreed, but at its skeleton, it's still a story about a flight school, a green group of kids that have to go out and do a mission that is likely going to end one of their lives incredibly dangerous. And it's against kind of a faceless, nameless enemy. Well, yes, it needs but, to be removed. But the, the Top Gun wasn't the Top Gun was, they were students in right. the first Top Gun in the second one they're they're they've all graduated. They've already been the best. They've all best, graduated. They have they're to bringing brought back you know. to, trained specifically for this mission mm-hmm. top gun the end of top gun it's like oh you guys have graduated shoot we've got a situation yes. let's bring you guys out here so this one is much more like mission focused than the yes. first top gun was and i mean the entire um third act of this there was nothing close to this in the first top gun nothing close top, to this in the first you, you know what i mean so this was a much more focused film than the first one Absolutely. and especially mission focused. So I think I, I, I think, yes, there was a lot from the originals sprinkled throughout the film, Correct. but I feel like it really differentiated itself from, in my opinion, from the first one to where I would not compare it to something like a force awakens. I think it was, um, I don't think it was a remake. I, I think they took the pieces that worked from the first one, but yes. they didn't do that kind of beat for beat, one to one type of thing. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with the idea that they have, they have essentially the 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 perfect amount of nostalgia. I'll agree with you. They didn't beat us over the head. They didn't, you know, uh, overdo it. They gave us just enough and. They gave us some reminiscent stylings, like the people they could not bring back. For example, uh, I had forgotten Michael Ironside was in the original Top Gun. And I loved his scenes because I love Mm -hmm. Michael Ironside. But the guy who stuck out to me and the guy they obviously wanted to like be reminiscent of him is James Tolkien, who... He was in the original. He's like the guy that really doesn't like yes. Tom Cruise. He's the guy from uh, Back to the Future, you know, slackers. Yes, yes, that yes. guy. I, f- I feel like his his body double is Ed Harris. Yes, Ed Harris was that, that guy. That beginning was, yeah. that's one where it's like it mirrors the mm-hmm. first, that situation. Which is fine. But I thought... Uh, for being in it a short period of time, I thought Ed Harris was excellent. Yeah. And like nailed it. And he, he totally had that slacker like vibe mm-hmm. to him. Um, John Hamm firing on all cylinders. Nice to see him in this role. T- the 
timeliness of this where I'm, I'm trying to recall they didn't actually, and here's how in the bag for this movie I was. I have no idea who the enemy was. No. I have no idea. I, that's definitely intentional. Uh, absolutely. Because I think, I think it was Russians. I th- and I think they changed that because of what's going on right now. Interesting. Because I, I seem be. to recall, I seem to recall that being in the early, like, uh, prep for this, like the early okay. media for this. I, but it, you know, it was a cold, frozen tundra they flew into. They landed in the snow. Yep. But again, we, we watched a whole movie where lives were at risk. And I have no idea versus who. Like, in whose face are we rubbing this? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Who are we versus? It? Who versus? Who? So that was genius. Um, in the first one and in this one, it's basically some nameless, like, com- in the first one it was like Myanmar. But in this, it's like some nameless communist government. Right. And you know what? I'm good with that. I had no issue with I that. I had no issues with that. Because that wasn't what was important. Right. But like, just like 86, the, the enemy's out there. The commies exactly. are out there. You yep. know, we're going to get them. Yep. And I just, it, the movie, it did it for me. Let's talk for a minute about Tom Cruise. Let's talk about I, You commented on this as you were sitting there. I was going to comment on it uh, today. I liked the intro he gave. Yeah. Like, we made this for you. I hope you enjoy <laughs> That really put me in a good space. Because I... I don't just like dislike Tom Cruise passively. Like I actively, like I work at him. I work to dislike Tom Cruise and it's hard because he is such a charming fellow. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I enjoy his movies so much. Here's, here's the thing about Tom Cruise and listen, people have layers to them. (laughs) And Tom Cruise certainly has a lot of them. Many layers. We there's no reason why we can't acknowledge that one Tom Cruise in real life probably not the best guy. Probably not. Fair. I think that's fair to say, and that's a Absolutely. generous probably that I'm giving him. All this is true. At the same time, I don't think. There are few people off the top of my head that I could think of that love movies more than Tom Cruise. hundred percent. He is giving all he, in every film. And I think that was a big, when I say that the, the film was meta hmm. is because this was definitely also a letter or a message from Tom Cruise basically about the movie. Tom Cruise not only felt like he needed to come back to Top Gun, he felt yeah. feels like he needs to save the movies. Uh, I kind of agree with you on that. So he's I think like, that's right. You know what I mean? And that's that was part of the storyline in this is like I guess I got to come back and and save teach it. these kids on yes. how to how to yes. do this. You know what I mean? And there was not one second where I didn't believe Tom Cruise could do all the things that he was doing. No, I'm going to say it. There was not one moment where I was like, he's too old for this. Tom I bought Cru- it. Here's, he looks better than I, I do. I said to you, said to you too, like when that intro, you said he looked like, old. He looks like yeah. he aged, which is not something that you say normally about Tom Correct. Cruise. I was in, in my head. I was like, Oh wow. Tom Cruise is finally showing his age. You know, that like and then it's it's the type of age where it's like you look at his face and then you see he's got light brown hair still that's like yeah. kind of messy and whatever and you're like the hair doesn't match the, the, the face, face that I'm looking at. Correct. However, Tom Cruise in this movie looks absolutely incredible. He looks incredible. He looks like he's I 40. I, I and he's a sixty-year-old man. Every second of it, he's a sixty-year-old man. He's sixty he, plus years old, right? I he might be fifty-nine. I'm, I gotta look it up. Look it up. I think he's while in you're the looking 60s. that up. Here's the thing: I do know that there is, I believe, there is a, a minimum of an eight-year gap between him and Jennifer Connelly. Okay, he is fifty-nine. He, he is, is 59. fifty-nine, which yeah. means Jennifer Connelly is like fifty-one. Can you look up Jennifer Connelly, please? Yeah. 
I who also looks incredible, by the looks way. Looks incredible. Kudos to her as well. Yes. She's 51. Yes. 51. So there is an eight-year gap. I would say this. I don't consider that like eight years a there's a problem in Hollywood gap. I think that's reasonable. I think an eight-year window is fairly oh, reasonable yeah. for a, a you know, either way, you know, it's reasonable. So, you know, once you get past 10 and all that, having said that, she looks incredible. I believed every moment that she would want to be in a relationship with him. Hell, I love the man after this movie. <sighs> and he's and I'm and I am 31 years old. Um, so I absolutely bought into that. What I liked about the Jennifer Conley of it all, when they introduced her character, uh, they were playing a David Bowie song, which I thought was a nice tribute to her like debut film, one of her debut films, which was Labyrinth. Okay. That she was yep. in with him. And I was like, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, but sticking with Tom, Tom is incredibly charismatic as per usual. I think he fell right back into uh, Maverick, the character. Yep. Like sometimes you watch a movie, especially if there's a big gap in the, in the sequel and it's like, they're, they're, they're a little off. They're a little different. I felt like I was watching a direct continuation. Like we picked up right where we left off. Yeah. He did an excellent Absolutely. job. And I like that this movie did not try to uh, overdo the, the character arc. They like, this is who he is. Maverick is who he is. Yes. We're going to give you Maverick. Maverick is who he is. He's in a new situation now. Right. So here's how he has to overcome being who he is in this situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, he learned from the previous situation where now yes. he's a good wingman and stuff like that, but he's still Maverick. Still Maverick. You know, now, like he improved himself, but not that much. But not that much. I, And obviously we had a sporting event on the beach. Had to and, do it. And there's people still wearing jeans. Ooh. Yeah. People still wearing jeans. On the beach. It's genius. It's brilliance. It's yeah, like, it was and, good. and we still have this macho, I'm going to rip the shirt off, like greased up. Uh, it was just really homosexual macho. Macho-ness. And I, I regret going on. that they did not play playing with the boys. Yeah. Which they couldn't because they had like female pilots, but that should have absolutely have been in, yeah, in that scene. Um, what I thought was interesting because I knew Val Kilmer had the picture on the wall, you know, of uh, he was like the head of the Top Gun school. Yep. So I honestly did not know that he was in the film. Right. So, when Tom Cruise is texting with him, I, to myself, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Like, we can't, like, I, I was giving allowances because I know Val right. Kilmer's suffering from uh, throat cancer and he can't speak. So, mm -hmm. I was like, this is a good way to handle that. You know, right. real people text in 2022. Mm -hmm. So, it was not, it was not odd to me to see maverick text you know Iceman. but when we go to see him when he's like i need to see you yeah he's like i really don't want to go he's like not asking i was like wow all right where are we going with this and i think that scene while being incredibly meta to real life because they obviously yep, of course like they address the fact that he has this illness he's got yep. cancer um i thought it was perfect i thought, I thought they perfect. played it i thought they played it perfectly it was uh, heartfelt yeah I and knew it, yeah. going into it that, he was, that he was in it because I remember seeing an interview or something with Tom Cruise saying that he wouldn't be doing this. He can't without you couldn't him. do a Top Gun movie without him. Yeah, um, okay. And I right. thought they used him perfect. Yes. I, like, I just, perfect. there's no other way to say it. Like, and his, they use him perfect. He got to have, like, he starts yeah. out where he's using the computer and then he has lines too. And then the way they end it oh. is, was so great. It was a laugh out loud. In that was perfect. <laughs> Let's not ruin a good moment. When, yeah, that, that was, was perfect. It was so good. It was yes. so good. I, only, I was in. Here's the only, so, like, if I'm nitpicking, right? Yes. Because I yes. think this was a 
close to perfect sequel. Correct. If I'm nitpicking, um, there were a couple things. One, I don't really think they let Rooster have enough time on screen to really just get to know that character and care about the relationship between him and Maverick outside of the fact that we know he's Goose's son. I dislike Miles Teller, so I was perfectly happy with the amount of time, but okay, I see your point. Fair. I will um, see your point. Two, only hinting at the history behind Tom Cruise and um, Jennifer Conley's relationship. Yeah. And like not really ever explained. Like that felt a little forced to me. Yeah. Where it, that, was, that, was like... that was a storyline that I don't even know was necessary to have in that movie. You could you could have not even had her in the movie. Yeah. I don't think it really affects the movie at all. I I think it improved the film, but I see your point. Like it, you could have done without it. She was the <sighs> admiral's daughter that he essentially slept with in the first movie. Like remember, there's a, in the first in Top Gun one, they reference that he had gotten in trouble with an admiral's daughter. Oh, okay, I did and not know that. She's that. She's that daughter. Gotcha. Like okay. they never show her, and they only had no idea. Vaguely reference her, that. but yeah, that's that. Um, okay, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So that makes a little bit more sense now. But yeah. for someone who's old, like, I've seen Top Gun twice right. in my yeah. life. I that completely went over my head. Um, and then the third is, I was really hoping, yeah, that like we were getting to see everybody. And I was kind of disappointed that we did not get to see uh, Meg Ryan uh, at yes. all. And that they killed off her they character killed her and off. that was it. I'm a little upset that they killed her off too because I think that could have been powerful. That uh, you know, her having a moment to straighten out Rooster and be like, no, he didn't end your career. Exactly. I asked him to do exactly. like, that would have yeah. been powerful. Yeah, I would have liked that. So that was that those were kind of my three nitpicks about this film that kind of keep it from being perfect, perfect. pitch perfect. I, I uh, understand and acknowledge your feelings. I love this film. I I do. I I do think it's a shade under perfect, but damn, was it exquisite? Like I, I, it, it, it gave me all I needed. Exactly. I completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. I don't I don't know if there's anything more to say. Tom Cruise, keep doing your thing, man. Keep like li- I mean in thing. movies. Yes. In movies. Like, yeah. Maybe don't Let's like berate people life. and stuff yeah. on set, but like keep making good movies. Less of you At in least. real life, more of you. More of you. Screen. More of fictional you. More of fictional you. Yeah. Keep pretending to be someone else. To that point. Um we move to Kenobi. Let's talk about Kenobi. I like that meme of uh, Alan Rickman, like the Professor Snape with his arms spread out, like my body is ready. Mm-hmm. My body was ready for, for this. I, I rushed home. This was one of the few times since I've been a kid where I was like, I cannot do anything else today. I have to go home open a bag of chips and watch a thing. And that thing was Kenobi. And from the opening scene to the last scene of the second episode, which is all we have so far, I was enthralled. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed myself with Kenobi. I think they're, they're leaving themselves room to run, but like so far what we've gotten beat for beat has been really really good um and like what we want and again enough nostalgia but Mm. it's not completely overdoing it like i I don't feel like i'm being smacked over the head by it where i i don't feel like there's a lot of movies like for instance i just watched um uh, the other night i watched uh ghostbusters uh, afterlife for the oh, first okay. time that movie i felt the only reason we got that movie was f- 
just for nostalgia and that was it there was no other point it was just to smack us with hey you remember this you remember this how about this how about this it was like the the member berries from south park that's that was member berries to a t was that movie obi-wan i don't feel that way at all not at all this was a unique story like obi-wan so we open up and we're on tatooine things are happening you've got the um the, the I'm calling them the searchers. I've already shown a blank. The inquisitors. The inquisitors. You've got the inquisitors. Those guys are making interesting choices. We have we have this strong female who's going to break out and obviously become the person who's yep, the main the attack. Third sister. Third sister. Um, they're all fallen Jedi. <laughs> they're people who had were force sensitive or were Jedi that had fallen. What interests me is. We have to get rid of them eventually because at the beginning of A New Hope, it's, you know, Grandma Tarkin telling Vader, you're all that's left of that ancient religion. Right. So, and to call it an ancient religion, like they, it was, at that point, it was only 20 years ago that they were running the galaxy. Yes. So, but whatever, you know, you're all that's left of that ancient religion. Um, so we have to get rid of the Inquisitors at some point. We're, we're already down one, which we will get to, but... That first episode, back on Tatooine, loving it. Ewan McGregor, very few lines, and nailing each one of them, emoting perfectly with his face, with his body language. He's doing a lot without speaking. Doing a lot without Throughout. speaking. Yep. And like watching him watch Luke was, it's like, that's, what, that's his mission. That's his purpose. And then stealing that little piece of meat every day to feed his Tatooine yeah. camel that he brought with him the day he dropped off Luke. That's the same Tatooine mm-hmm. camel. I'm like, that's adorable. Yep. I, uh, my moment that was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing this. Like, yeah. the, yes, I, I thought the, the Luke moment was really great. That was something that we had seen in the trailers though. So that was a yes. little bit spoiled. Um, I'm happy that I don't even know if this was revealed or not, but the fact that we're getting baby Leia, who's going to be uh, when they were first, like you have them like putting all the the robe stuff on her, like the makeup people, even though it wasn't actually her, but still like, you're like, Oh my God, are they like, I was in my mind, like, are they actually, are they doing this? Are they actually doing this? And then they did like, Oh, to give us that and not have that revealed at all or spoiled similar to awesome. it, it was very reminiscent of baby Yoda. Very reminiscent of baby Yoda. I like that we get to see Alderaan because yeah. you know, it's gone spoiler alert yep. by a new hope. So seeing Alderaan, seeing how it's like, you know, I feel like Luke got screwed having to go to, yeah he did get screwed he got screwed because she is living the high life Mm -hmm. um and that's really um jimmy smith's fault smithicles was like we'll take the girl you know and didn't even ask a follow-up right he's not like well what do you plan to do he's just like all right dibs we're out of here and then off he goes although so happy jimmy smith's is back as i i enjoy jimmy smith's enjoy him so much i enjoy him quite a bit he he's another one emotes well Let's uh, let's cut to um, so we've got like let we'll, we'll, let's just do both episodes kind of in one. Yeah. We've got the scene set. They're hunting Jedi. It makes sense to me. Obviously, they weren't going to be able to get all of the Jedi in one day. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be people in hiding. This all makes sense. Um, Tatooine. Why go to Tatooine for that other Jedi? Well, yeah. it's the outer rim. Like right. it's the least trafficked place. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. Obi-Wan being having a like a moment of fear mm-hmm. touched me. Like when he cowers in that cave when the inquisitors are looking for him or looking right. for a Jedi. And what's his uh, Uncle Owen has the lightsaber to his throat and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know who you're looking for, buddy." And Obi-Wan does nothing. Like, I kept waiting for him to like, all right, this is it. He's going to reveal himself. This is the Mm -hmm. reveal. 
he did not like he stayed silent he did nothing and i was like oh my god this is a broken man right how powerful was that it was i was shocked that he did nothing yeah i well i was wondering if there was going to be backlash to that right because of what happened with luke and yes to me again this makes sense to me of Mm. course he is a broken man he was tasked with training the person who essentially helped destroy the jedi and take over the galaxy he feels like he has all of the jedi's blood on his hands because he was not able to successfully train anakin skywalker the way that he needed to be to avoid all of this correct um so yeah he's a broken man he's not confident in his abilities he's in some capacity cut himself off from the force at this point Hmm. and he's just he's trying to survive and do the one thing that he can which is try to make up for what he did by making sure that Luke is safe and Luke doesn't fall into the wrong tone. Yeah. Which again, like I'm with you, like it's making sense. I get it. I'm saddened. I'm like, Oh, sucks. This come on. But it just made the also, I'm glad that it only la- like it, it, it's only a, an episode and a half really of that <laughs> because we get all this and, and I'm, I'm going to cut to the last moment, not the last, last moment, but the, like if they had ended the show on this scene, I'd have been fine. What they did after unbelievable, but he's at the dock. He's ready to like go on to the next thing to go. All right. He's made his decision. He's going to go save Leia. And he puts the ticket back in his pocket and reveals that he's wearing the lightsaber right i leapt out of my chair yes like i i that was amazing i leapt out of my chair i'm like oh my god they're certainly learning from the past right where what they're doing the creators of the show is they they still gave us that same um arc right where he's he's cut up but instead what they're doing instead of it being a struggle a struggle a struggle and then he appears for one big final moment right like what happened with luke this is he's coming back he's slowly coming back in inches every episode yeah yeah exactly um which i'm sure will work much better with fans and um obviously works really well just with tv in general because you have to have him progressively improve as the as the season goes along um and it's just you know that to me is a little bit more interesting also to have him be the object of obsession by this uh inquisitor by these jedi hunters is also perfect because he would have been one of the more famous jedis not just like in general but the fact that vader is second in command of the entire galaxy Mm -hmm. and obviously people would have heard the story of you know this this masked figure and his former jedi master like that would obviously be out there in the world because there would be people alive yeah, still that remember yeah. Anakin. And so, so the fact that they're hunting him, they're looking for him makes so much sense to me. Like that is the perfect way to go. Especially because um, Reva, the, the third sister, yes. she is trying to look good for Darth Vader, essentially. Yeah, which she's is what amb- they keep telling her. She's ambitious and she's yeah. like, I'm focused on Obi-Wan because... That's all this who is Darth Vader us. wants. Yeah. All all these other people. Who cares? Like Obi Wan right. is the guy. Um, the I think there's also probably some underlying motivations. I have a theory that she is one of the children that escape Order sixty six at the very yes, beginning of the show, be. and they find um, her because they do mention, like you mentioned, that yeah. these are former Jedi. Yep. yep. Um, that are now Inquisitors. Um, so I would assume that. You know, it's 10 years after 
Order 66 is when this is taking place. So I would assume that um, some of these Inquisitors have, they wouldn't be showing us those kids specifically if we're not going to see one of them in some capacity. Right. Yeah. That Um, makes sense. I like that idea. Yeah. So I I wonder if there's a connection there, if she was one of the kids and Obi-Wan, you know, wasn't there for them the way that they wanted or whatever it was. And that's an underlying reason why she's so focused on Obi-Wan. And we have to get to the end of this series where Obi-Wan is dressed like a Jedi again, because that's how we find him in A New Hope. He's wearing his lightsaber in A New Hope, so he's got to get comfortable again with that. Yep. Uh, in the second episode, you know, his, he, he obviously has not used the force in a long time, but he saves Leia as she's falling. And it was the struggle for him to, you know, to use that again, connect himself to the force again. I don't know that I love the, uh, read your mind force thing that they've been doing lately. Like that was in the the sequel yep, trilogy. They're continuing you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm in love with that. Yeah. That's it's a little too convenient. easy. It's it's just one of those things where is this out of convenience or is this good? Because essentially, like part of it is like when George Lucas was originally creating the first trilogy, yes. there was new stuff that the force could do that serviced the story throughout yes. that first trilogy. Correct. He, that was getting made up as as it went along. As it went along, yeah. Which, in one way, is really great. Um, and I don't think people who are create who are creating Star Wars stuff now or future Star Wars stuff should be beholden to just the things that were made up in those first three movies. Agreed. But I don't um, want them to go the Superman needs- two of it all, which is like he kisses her and wipes her mind away. Right. Like it needs to be in service of the. S- story but also like and not out of convenience yes and Um, they can't they can't be and they can't just be all powerful yes like i don't want there needs to be some sort of limit otherwise there's no then you have like you said the superman problem where how does he actually have any opponents he could do anything he wants correct so that's yeah that's what i don't want to say um at the end of the second episode Mm mm-hmm You see a Bacta tank, Christopher. Yes. And in that Bacta tank is a body mm-hmm. that is strikingly similar to maskless Darth Vader from Empire and from Return of the Jedi. Yep. I am all about it. I, because you know, you know, when they brought back Hayden Christensen that he's obviously not going to just stand in a suit. Like he's going to do some kind of right. acting outside of the suit. Of course. I'm okay with it. Like he can't be outside the I'm suit kind forever. Of thinking, just keep him in the suit as much as possible. Oh, I listen. Because that will be I a have terrific no, crutch yes. for his acting abilities. I have no faith in his acting abilities. Um, you know, it's, it'd be nice. It's like, oh, how quaint. We're going to put the two of them back together again. All I need to see is you and McGregor act. You know what? Good for him that he received. He's received so much backlash back, over the yeah. years, and I feel like it's like I'm coming. The back, larger yo. Star Wars community has really genuinely been excited about his return. Yes, it's such a. It's been such a interesting 180 I, for I, a fan I, base to take. I do think it's largely predicated on the Ewan McGregor of it all. Yes. I think they're like, okay, it's nice to see the two of them back together again. But it's really like Ewan's really carrying that team. Yes. Yes, Uh, he is. But still, Vader in the back to tank. Here's my fear. Like before we leave the Mm Obi-Wan or the Kenobi. My fear is uh, we had the saga okay it's five six four five and six and vader had balls and he was like vicious and this is a killer and you know he's the he's running the galaxy and this is a villain 
you know, and then he's redeemed, but it's still like, you know, I, you know, tell your sister I was right, you know, or, you know, you were right about that kind of thing, like still powerful. Then the mm-hmm. sequels happen and they kind of take his balls away. They're like, okay. And, and we get Hayden Christensen and it's a little terrible. Yeah. Then we all had to live with that until Rogue One. And right. Rogue One came in like a wrecking ball to paraphrase yep. a, a pop singer of our time, you, to use the parlance of our times, he came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> and bam, just hit us all in the face. And it was, it's, he's back. I don't want them to ruin it. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> want it. He, because these are the years, these are the badass years where he's yeah, building where that he's reputation. Straight up evil. Yes. Let us let us have that yeah like give us that don't boba fett him too soon yes don't boba fett him too soon and again he is evil until return of the jedi right so yep. don't give me like pensive don't make him soft yeah in any don't way. make him soft don't make him soft there's no reason to don't maybe have him like yes he has a connection with obi-wan but yes other than that, like, just I I don't mind him guy, having. He should yeah. be unhinged. unhinged. The prophecy that he foresaw yes. happened, and he knows deep down it was because of him. But on right. the surface, he's gonna blame the world and Obi Wan and everyone else. I still want him blaming Obi Wan for Padme's death. Yep. I still want him like viscerally angry. If those two meet. And I think there's a chance they don't meet in this season. But interesting. If they, uh, you know, if those two meet, I want it like you know, you know, you. I want anger. I want, you know, but because if they cool him out, then it takes away from Vader killing Obi Wan in A New Hope. Yep. Like this all has to lead to I've been waiting to strike you down, you know, and it has to lead to Obi-Wan saying, you still don't understand, you know, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Like, let's keep the end goal in mind. I agree. Other than that, I am down for this. I cannot wait for the next episode. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think they've done a great job, especially considering they essentially had to rewrite the entire series because it was too close to the Mandalorian. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, okay. And they 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 essentially redid the entire thing because originally it was supposed to be uh, Darth Maul was going to be the main villain yeah. of this series, and uh, they completely revamped it. Um, it was, I, I think, you know, uh, to another point. So far, it seems like successful Star Wars shows have some sort of baby Yoda. Yes. Something that these creators should take note of. Hopefully yep. they're doing the same thing for Ahsoka and all those other shows that we're about to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the other thing? Oh, I know Liam Neeson's has been saying he's not coming back unless it's for a movie. You he is lying. lying. He's coming he back. Lying. He's coming Liam back. Liam He's 1,000% making an appearance in this episode. One, because they've already name-dropped him. They've referenced him twice. Yeah, with Obi-Wan trying to communicate with him. And two, because there's some sort of animated um, Star Wars show coming out that's going to Tales of the Jedi or something like that. And Liam Neeson is going to be voicing Qui-Gon. It's like, oh, (sighs) he's coming back. He's he's making an appearance. He's making an appearance in this show. I had to contain myself when he was like, you know, Master Qui-Gon, speak to me or help me. Yep. I held my breath thinking, oh my God, his, his force ghost is, is about it happening to appear. Already? Is, is it happening? Is it <laughs> happening right now? Yes. I, I, I had to contain myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was I, tremendous. My other low-key favorite thing has been on social media, people saying, um, in nine years, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan is supposed to look like Alan McGinnis's yeah, Obi-Wan, what true. happened? And everyone's like, 
Well, he's a white guy living on desert. a desert planet with yeah. two sons. It's not that crazy it, to think that, that he's going to wrinkle he's gonna wrinkle and yes. get some white hair. And the stress is going to give him the white hair. The of having stress. Um, so I Absolutely. thought that was really funny. Anyways, <laughs> I think we can end there. Yes, we We're can. looking forward to some more Obi-Wan. We will be talking about it again next week. Um, I think our suggestion to each other, we're kind of switching up the suggestions. Now we're we'll suggesting format. things to each other so that we can both have the shared experience and really um, have a back and forth about everything that we're watching. Yes. Um, and I think, and unless you have some other ideas, I'm thinking stranger things. Absolutely. Will be that suggestion. I know my wife and I are currently four or five episodes through okay after this weekend um so we will have finished stranger things by the time we talk about it um, i will finish not it that well. you have to but it's uh you know they're long episodes uh, there's not yeah. one episode under an hour um i think the last episode is like an hour and a half as well of this season um and then it's also a two-parter so right. like we're getting the first part of the season now over this past weekend Mm. episodes one through seven and then we get episodes eight and nine at the end of june gotcha episode eight is like an hour 30 plus hour 30 episode nine is like two plus hours so they're basically giving us two movies to finish off the season i'm ready for it I'm, i'm curious now is this a series finale no, season? next no. season five will be the series finale. Very interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Okay. Um, have you watched any so far? I have not. I, I got myself ready for all this other stuff, but I have not watched that yet. All I'll say is to tease it is that I'm enjoying it. That's good enough for me. That's it. That's all. That's all I need to say. I can dig it. Hopefully everyone listening is enjoying the podcast. The you same all... way I'm enjoying Stranger Things. Correct. If you are, please like, subscribe, rate, review, wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. We're on all the major podcast platforms, including Deals. Tremendous, fantastic, five-star website. Glued to the screen.com. That's glued, the number two, screen.com. With that, Neil, what do you got to say to the people? Dream on, everybody.